Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, also on Dash Radio every single weeknight on their Nothing But Net channel at 7 p.m. Also, check out Five Reasons YouTube channel. Post up five hours as soon as the game ends, before floor, an hour before every game, e- game begins. Make sure you hit like and subscribe. And also, FiveReasonsSports.com. Make sure you spell that one out for the latest takeaways from Brady Hawk and others without a paywall and the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network. We hung out at one of them tonight over at quarter deck and Davey. We did not jinx the heat. So it's safe to go there. Okay. Had some beer, had some wings, had some sushi, had some drinks. It was a good time. Check out quarter deck at all of their locations in South Florida, whether it's at Davey, which is where we were tonight, but also two in Fort Lauderdale, one in Dania beach as well. And the one over, over on sawgrass near the Panthers arena. So check out quarter deck. It's a great time. And now, tonight's episode. Down to uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. Here's tonight's floor plan. I got Brady Hawk. You can follow him at Brady Hawk 305. I got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. The Miami Heat route the Atlanta Hawks on the road to go up 3 1. In this series, Trey Young, a complete non-factor tonight, except when he was arguing with the officials and looking scared. Uh, Bogdanovich, a non-factor for Atlanta as well. Clint Capella came back. It didn't matter. Some of the storylines that we will cover tonight, Jimmy Butler, 36 points, his second kind of masterclass game in this series. P.J. Tucker was everywhere. He was tremendous tonight. And, of course, Victor Oladipo was a plus 20 in seven minutes of action in the first half, the Miami Heat overcome kind of a poor outside shooting performance again. Max Struess was four of 16. Duncan Robinson, non-factor. And Tyler Hero is really struggling with his shot uh, at times in this series. But it did not matter. The Heat are going to come home and they have a chance to close this thing out Tuesday night against the Hawks. So I'll start with Brady here tonight. Um, let's go to how they overcame the absence of Lowry because this, this was a topic of conversation beforehand. What were they going to do? We don't expect Greg's reporting from before this game. We don't expect Kyle Lowry to play again this series. He's certainly not going to play again in game five because they don't need him to now uh, with a three, one lead. I thought maybe you might see him if it was like a game seven situation. I don't think we're getting to that, but the different ways that the heat overcame it, the different ways that Eric Spolstra overcame it. Yeah. I think one of the weirdest uh, trends of this game was the fact that they had zero turnovers in the first half. And I saw a stat that that was the first time ever in a heat playoff game that they had zero turnovers and a half. And that's in a game without their point guard. It's just not a normal thing to happen. Uh, part of it is that I think the team is less likely to throw a risky pass like Lowry is. Like Kyle's one of those guys that doesn't care. He'll throw that lob pass. This team right now is, was going into post splits. They're just running stuff that was just normal off-ball movement, just getting into their normal sets where there wasn't high-volume uh, turnover-based uh, stuff. Bam was part of it, just getting into those post bits, kind of facilitating. But P.J. Tucker, you mentioned him. He was kind of the biggest thing. Like, I feel like that's what opens him up. They did it early in the season. 
specifically in that realm of like the sun, when they played the Suns and Portland on that road trip, they were without a bunch of guys. And that was when Kyle was playing, but what they started doing without Bam was they were going to work through PJ, work through Yurtsman, and they're running those post splits, not only allowing them to play make, but also allowing them to post up and actually get to score. And that's what we saw tonight from PJ that he basically had a small on him and he went down and he was able to score. And then he said after the game that that was kind of planned that after game three, he wanted to, uh, he told Spo he wanted to get more of those post ups. And then when Spo described how that conversation went, he said, uh, he yelled at me and I just said, all right, that sounds good. So that probably is exactly how it went down. I could just very well see that, but I'm, it's a good thing that PJ did that because when I'm looking at this floor, like there's a very good opportunity for him to score every time there's a guard on his back. Like he's not an offensive guy, but he's big enough to take the defender down into his spot, turn around to a nice little post hook. He has that little nice one hand push shot. Uh, so I think there's a lot of different elements that they made up for it just with a lot of shoot, just the shooters being more passers and waiting for the double. Uh, but I think PJ Tucker probably deserves the most credit. Alex, you know, we, we obsess so much about the rotation, right? And I, I just saw the quote that you posted from Spolstra. You guys are yeah. overthink, you guys are overthinking this. And, and maybe we are because we're accustomed to Eric Spolstra using nine-man rotations where there's some rhyme or reason. He acknowledged they needed to make changes to the rotation. That's why he did it with like seven games left in the season, right? To get to these layers. But, but it, it felt tonight like, if I could just say this, at certain times, he was just throwing shit at the wall. Like, I mean, th that one lineup he threw out there where, I mean, he's playing Depot with Gabe. The lineup that, that went on the run was like Depot, Gabe, uh, Hero and Robinson Butler. were not on the floor. What was it? Struess, Butler, Jim, and and Tucker, right? Like, that was based. And, and you're like, that's not a lineup you would put Victor Oladipo into. Like, he's, you got Jimmy on the floor. You got Gabe on the floor. Like we thought he would be out there when those guys were not on the floor. Like, I mean, do you think there's rhyme or reason to this? Or do you think that he's just like, it's just mad scientist stuff at this point. I, I, I lean towards the mad scientist stuff. Like I, I think he's, he's worried less about like how those lineups perform during the season because of all the context when it comes to Oladipo and other guys, like, I think he's just like, you know, thinking about it from a skill set standpoint and a matchup standpoint and looking at the Hawks size and, the way that they were able, you know, like Brady alluded to, the way that they were able to use PJ earlier in the season when they kind of would funnel the ball through him more uh, uh, like a how they use uh, bigs where they kind of empower them to be somewhat of a playmaker. And the difference is it's all about the read for PJ. And, you know, like when he gets that little floater going into the lane, it's all about, okay, let's see if that defender down low is going to uh, go to Bam and prevent the lob. And that's when he takes the floater. And a lot of times that's what they do because they know they don't want Bam to get the easy lob. And that's where PJ feasts. He hits, he's hitting his corner threes in the playoffs. You know, he's obviously hit uh, his threes throughout the season too, but he was their second best player tonight in a, on a, in a night where, you know, it was all about Jimmy and then everybody else's uh, points wise was kind of balanced. I thought PJ Tucker was easily the second best player. And as far as the whole rotation thing, uh, tonight was one of Spo's maybe the best uh, press conference post game he's had all season, just an all-timer, honestly, the way that he was going about the rotation. He started off that question with so much attitude. And, you know, he's been doing this more. It's been revving up recently. And <laughs> the way that it, I didn't even get into all of it because my phone died. That's how furiously I was typing. I'm just glad that the words were still there when I charged it back up. But um, he was just ranting about the rotation and and how kind of like it's 
you know, it's not really a playoff rotation thing. And then uh, I think Ira asked about the stat line and, uh, versus the performance. And I think Ira was actually trying to talk good about Vic. But as soon as Spo heard the word stat line, he was triggered. And it was, and he started talking about, oh, so you guys are just looking at the stat line. Huh? And he put on his glasses and looks down and he paused before saying that. And then he just goes into a rant about like all the things that, that Victor Oladipo did while on the court, despite not shooting great. It was fantastic. Attacking narratives. Right. He's attacking narratives. Like well, actually I mean, more like de- defending against the narratives, the way, you know, at right, this right, level right. at the heater playing defense right now. He's like, he's uh, he's in his playoff mode right now. It's just so weird. I, I, cause I mean, this is the air spulture and I've said this before that I kind of know a little bit um, from the last 25 years and the spulcher that you get on the side, but like the fact that he's come out with it, like he's, he's in his bag right now. Like you, you just feel like he's so confident in everything that he's doing that like he he's like, I mean, he's, he's taken on Jimmy's personality in press conferences. It's just, which I guess we should have been surprised when they went at each other uh, on the side, but, but it, it, it is a relevant point here because, okay. You mentioned PJ Tucker was their second best player tonight. I, I thought he was their best player in the third quarter of the game that they lost. Um, so we've seen this a couple of times now, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy has played a, a virtually perfect series with the exception of those last, you know, two minutes of game three. Like, I mean, he really has, and I don't want to overlook him tonight. I mean, this is, you know, 45 in one game, 36 in another game in a game where they're not getting uh, the offense. Uh, Tyler looks like a mess offensively right now. Okay. And so th- the fact that you're getting this from Jimmy to make up for Tyler and, and I don't want to overfocus on the negative because again, on this is what Heat fans are doing. Literally, I'm reading through the comments on Twitter tonight. It's all, what's wrong with Tyler? Why is Duncan ever play again? It's the same stuff. 24 point win and nobody's happy. But but it, it, it does matter in the context of Jimmy has carried offensively in this series. I mean, they haven't, I mean, with the exception of the one Duncan sort of went off and then Shrews has had some moments. People thought Max was shooting well tonight. He ends up four of 16. Um, you've needed Jimmy to play this way. And I'm going to keep saying this. This series was won in the third minute of game one when Jimmy Butler got in Trey Young's face. I just, I, I, I keep coming back to that. That's going to be the defining moment of the series. Trey has spent the entire series looking totally out of sorts, exception of a, a minute here, or a minute there. He looks like he's been bullied by this team. He looks like his comments after games are all out there. It just looks like he's not up to the moment. Like the heat basically decided we are going to take this guy out of his game and maybe a Bogdanovich will get us one night or maybe Gallinari will have some moments, but Brady, they just don't have enough. Like, I, and, and look, it's going to be different against Philly, but against this team, they just don't have enough. Like if Trey, if Trey is not right, they can't, they can't win. Yeah. That's, that's basically what it is. It's when, uh, we had these conversations last year when Jimmy wasn't up to par. Like when we were sitting here and everybody's throwing memes under our tweets about Bryn Forbes outscoring uh, Jimmy Butler. Now you're seeing stuff where I'm seeing Kevin Knox has outscored Trey in two of the games or something like that. Like this has been a really bad series for him. Uh, And I think Miami deserves a lot of the credit, Uh, but you were touching on like the Tyler stuff. And I know that is kind of what everybody comes back to is the negatives. Coming into the series, like, this wasn't a Tyler series. Like, there's going to be series for all these different guys that's going to come up. Like, Philly, if he doesn't play well against Philly, then we can have the conversation because Philly is a Tyler hero series. There's going to be a deep drop of Joel Embiid. 
There's going to be all these different positions where he's going to have openings, hit the mid-range pull-up. But we came in and said, okay, Jimmy Butler's going to be able to hunt. He's going to be able to get these smaller guards on his back. He's going to be able to get Trey Young on his back. And he's going to be able to score the ball. And that's what he's done. He's had, uh, what, 45 and now 36. Like, uh, that's just kind of what was expected. That I don't think we should look too far into that. Uh, I think the most important thing is that Trey Young didn't have a bad series because Trey Young's off. Like, Trey Young had a bad series because Spo playing really well for him. And this defense is just absolutely elite. I showed two plays after the game where there was one where PJ was basically going baseline to baseline with Trey. Trey passes half court with 17 seconds on the shot clock. He barely gets passed for an eight-second violation. He calls for a screen. Bam comes up. Now, immediately when he gets Bam on him, he looks to his right for another screen. Then it's Jimmy. Then it's drive and it's kick. And now there's six seconds left in the shot clock. Bam swarms Bogdanovich. And it's going the other direction. Like, this defense has so many elite guys. It's just so hard to overcome that when you're a team with one player kind of headlining it. Alex, I want to hold for after the break because uh, Brady raises an interesting point. Of the things that have not happened in this series, what will need to happen against Philadelphia? Okay, so I just, I just want you to think about that through the break because I think we all feel fairly comfortable without jinxing this that Miami's going to advance. So we kind of know who they're going to advance against. I, if, if Doc blows a 3 nothing lead, just kick him out of the league at this point. So I, I we, we think it's going to be the Sixers. Uh, and so I, I want to pivot a little bit uh, after this. Before we do, we do want to tell you about two of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. One is our fantasy partner, prizepicks.com. We always tell you, use the code FIVE, F-I-V-E. Get your initial deposit up to $100 matched at prizepicks.com. You can play two, three, four, five players, play NBA, MLB, NHL. We've had so many people joining lately. Uh, and really getting the hang of it. It's not hard, okay? And you don't need to play the whole $100 at once if you put it down. You don't even need to put down 100 Put down 20 Just get that matched and start to play that at 10 bucks a pop. So go to prizepicks.com, use the code 5FIVE, and for all your premium uh, CBD, go to therapy. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Preferred.com. Code there is 5RSN. You get 25% off at therapistpreferred.com for your tincture, your sports cream, your gummies, for rest, for recovery. You won't fail drug tests. No concerns about that. Therapistpreferred.com. Use the code 5. That's the number 5RSN. So let's talk about it because I, I think that's an interesting uh, topic here that Brady's bringing up that, about Hero that, that it'll look different against Philadelphia. So let's talk about the other guy, uh, which is Bam. We still have not had the BAM offensive breakout. Um, they're still not really looking for him. I know as soon as Tucker started posting guys up, people are saying, well, why isn't BAM doing that? But you did have some aggressive putbacks. Uh, you did have him try to try to shoot a hook <laughs> once tonight. Uh, you know, there was more in there. Um, but there's gonna need to be more as they go forward, right? Like, I mean, this this is enough against Atlanta, against Capella coming back, Collins coming back, you know, but there's going to need to be more, correct? Absolutely. There is no doubt about it. For all the jokes I will and have and continue to make about the Philadelphia 76ers, you cannot 
have these types of performances from Bam offensively. And, you know, I'm always one to downplay the importance of Bam needing to be like the best scorer on the heat or whatever, because I just don't think, you know, we're anywhere near that. We've had that conversation plenty of times at this point. But as far as what we've seen uh, from him versus the Hawks versus what we saw from him this regular season, right, like what actually happened versus what we think he can be, he just needs to be more of that. Like, that's just kind of what I want from him. And I'm expecting it too. Like, I, I, there's there's no excuses or anything like that. Uh, I think the 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 Hawks stuff, it's been a little bit underwhelming versus as far as like the, the offensive stuff, because I think he's been solid as hell on the boards and on defense, just obviously a huge part of uh, them neutralizing Trey and the rest of the Hawks offense. Because really the only person who got off tonight was DeAndre Hunter, because that's kind of the, you know, Brady has, has pointed this out plenty of times is that the way that the Heat defend Trey and the Hawks is that the Hawks are going to win games by the other guys going off. It happened last game, and the only one who went off was DeAndre Hunter, who, by the way, would love him as a potential four next to Bam at some point in the future. It's perfect fit. But uh, I just think, like, you're going to need a lot more from Bam, and I think you're going to need him to attack the basket more like he did in the, those couple possessions in that first half there. He had one where it worked and one where it didn't. And I just like to see stuff like that where he's being aggressive going to the rim because a lot of times, even if he's not making it, he'll get foul calls because he's just quicker than other dudes. And I know we've hammered that in the past, but that's going to happen now versus Embiid and some of these other bigs that they have there who just can't match him. And as and as far as um, needing more from people, it's the same thing for Tyler. Like Tyler hasn't been uh, nearly good enough that you're going to need him to be versus the Sixers. And I could not agree more with Brady as far as the Sixers being a Tyler series. They're always going to be in that drop. And he's going to get really comfy looks versus them. Let's talk about uh, two other guys here before we close. Brady, I'll, I'll throw this to you. Uh, Oladipo. Uh, well, I mean, we joke about it. He's plus 20 in seven minutes. I mean, <laughs> you know, some of the plus 20 was was Jimmy basically, you know, grabbing an inbounds pass and putting it back up. I mean, a, a lot of plus minus small sample size theater. Uh, you know, the numbers are a little screwy, but it did look like there was impact. I, just the quickness defensively. Uh, you know, again, I, I like him better when there's not as many ball handlers on the floor with him when they cleared Jimmy out um, for some of that stretch. Well, what did you like and, and where where does he fit? Because I still don't think he's going to be a, a top nine rotation guy. I think he's built in the playoffs for moments like this. Yeah, I want to say first that I think the only thing I'm a little worried about is the Jimmy Oladipo relationship because it looked rough out there. Like they were throwing passes to each other just after the game just now. Deeper was doing his press conference uh, and Jimmy said, tell them much. I hate you. Deeper responded, Jimmy hates me guys. And then they gave each other a hug. So it's looking rough. Like, I don't know how they're going to deal with these, these reports that are flying out there and continue on this playoff run. But well, I mean, skip, that, skip is never, I mean, he's never gotten a report wrong. I mean, he's, he's skip. I mean, if you want NBA information, you go straight to skip Bayless. That's, that's exactly where you go. <laughs> Absolutely. Right so anyway, I think, they're gonna to, be, I think they're going to be okay. Like, 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 like I've said, when that report came out, the first response from the first person I texted about it was, that's effing BS, and that's pretty much it. And I, I think that was established tonight. But, but, yeah, from a basketball standpoint, like, he helps, right? It's just, it's just that he may not help as much as somebody else might in a certain circumstance against a certain team with a certain lineup. No, he definitely helps. And I think the most promising thing was – the defense like he comes in right off the bench right after not playing it for a while and he was really pressuring guys specifically trey young like he was switching on so one of the other plays aside from the one i talked about before was when gabe switched depot switched and then bam switched and it was a tray like half court heave 
but it was because Depot kind of initiated that at the beginning. Uh, I think his best offense still comes in the open court. Like there was that one where I think it was like four seconds left in the shot clock. He bursted down the court and ended up laying it in. That's why I think like next step for him, if, if he does get opportunities, it's more high pick and rolls. It's more of that type of stuff. He's still an on ball guy. He can move off the ball. We saw that he can be a catch and shoot guy. He really wasn't in this game, but putting him in those high pick and rolls, allowing him to roll downhill and just try and score. I think that's when he's at his best. It just still comes down to me that I just don't know if, if he fits in, in the nine man rotation as crazy as that sounds as crazy as he puts up 21 on the Raptors and 40 on the magic. And he plays well tonight. I just think Spo is going to go in a different direction. Specifically, we're talking about, okay, he was asked and denied nine-man rotation, said it's a playoff rotation. I don't think it's going to be nine either because I think there's points when they go eight. Like, it just feels like they're going to get to that point as far as they go that it's going to be hard to play him. I think, uh, obviously, Tyler's the sixth. I think Deadman's the seventh. And I think it's going to be up there, Gabe, Caleb, and Depot, depending on what they need. If, if Gabe's not giving them what they need offensively, there's no problem going to depot, but it's just hard because I feel like Gabe's given them enough, even though people kind of pick apart what he's done. He had a decent game tonight. Again, he does his job really well. Uh, it's just good that they have options. This is not the last we're going to see a Victor Oladipo. just because he's not in the rotation fully from game to game to game. Doesn't mean he's going to have opportunities. Guys are going to get injured. It's just the way it is. Uh, he's going to have his time, but I just don't know if right now, like let's say heading into uh, then Tuesday, I think he probably could see minutes. Like, I feel like if, since Kyle will probably still be out, he'll play. But heading into the next series, it's just hard to say definitively if that's that's kind of the way he'll go. I mean, Alex, you've been a big Duncan Robinson guy, and we saw him break out in game one, and today he got – I mean, I'm not going to count the three at the end. I mean, he basically got one six-minute stint, and they never went back to him. I mean, we've all been big on Caleb Martin this year. I don't know where Caleb fits or doesn't fit. I think we've all been impressed with Gabe's progress. He's big in game two. I don't know how much he plays when Kyle comes back, right? Like, I mean, this is just kind of what we're looking at right now. Yep, and that's exactly what I was thinking about there is, you know, uh, as you guys were talking about this whole rotation stuff, you guys are way overthinking this, all right? This, <laughs> this is a playoff rotation, not a nine-man rotation. No, but seriously, I, I agree with everything Brady uh, said there as usual, but also throw Duncan into that category because I just think like none of their minutes, none of their roles are, are defined right now off the bench. Agree that it's a matchup thing. And it's also just who's got, uh, who's got it going thing. Like uh, I think tonight you saw, like you said, Duncan is just kind of taking on that role that Myers Leonard had during that long playoff run where he would just have like one stint at the beginning of the game and then a at the beginning of the second half and, you know, stuff like that. And that would be it. And it's like, if Duncan's not feeling it, it's fine. Like Max had the game tonight, right? He obviously, Duncan had the game in game one. And I think Max has just been uh, a little bit more reliable from a two-way aspect and not, you know, getting so many fouls called on him all the time. I think that's a huge part of it as well. Because Duncan just, for some reason, is always going to get fouls called on him. But it's really not an issue when you're just looking at it from a, a skill standpoint. Like all of these undrafted dudes were picked up and molded into specific skill sets for a reason. And Spo now has his pick of the litter to just kind of do whatever he wants going into the Sixers matchup. I would like to see some more depot, but it's it's too, it's true what Brady was saying. I don't know how you take Gabe out. And mm -hmm. I was going to say, uh, maybe you see more Caleb next series, but, you know, they're going to need Gabe too for, uh, for Tyrese Maxey. And mm -hmm. I don't know, man. Like, I just think Gabe doesn't get out of the rotation. And although I would like to see depot, 
I'm not 100% sure that he's really a part of it. But I don't know. It really seems like it could kind of go all over the place right now. We saw him go small tonight. We may see him go a little bit bigger in another series. So, and it's kind of up in the air. Can I just say the thing that defines the depth, I said this on Twitter before, Duncan Robinson scored eight threes and had 27 points in game one. And in game four, he's playing garbage time with Omer Yurtsman and Haywood Highsmith. Like, if that doesn't define this team's depth, then I don't know what does. We haven't even seen Marquise Morris yet. Right. I mean, this is a guy they were counting on to be the backup four at the start of the season. He actually didn't play badly. Like we haven't seen Marquise Morris. Max Struess, by the way, got up 16 shots tonight. He only made four. I was going to uh, point and, that out. I forgot. I mean, he got up 16 shots and nobody's complaining about it. It's funny. Max can skate on this stuff. If Duncan did that, we would never hear the end of it. All right. I, I got I got one. We're going to close here with one thing. And I want you guys to both be quick with it. So right after uh, this one last uh, break. What's been the most impressive thing about Jimmy Butler to you in this series so far? All right. Before we do, though, I want to tell you about one more sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. He was actually out with us at the watch party tonight. Our friend Eric Rubenstein. Okay, Brady's appearances here are sponsored by Eric. Uh, he is a personal injury attorney. He's an FSU under. He's an FSU grad. Don't hold that against him. He went to law, law school at St. Thomas, graduated in the top 10 of his class. You can find him at 954-829-ERIC. That's 954 954- 829-ERIC or at Instagram at Ask About Me. I got you. He handles car accidents, slip and falls, medical malpractice, and more. Big, big Heat fan, as I can say, was out there uh, with us tonight. I will not compare him to a stretch four like PJ Tucker again tonight. But reach out to Eric again at 954-829-ERIC and help him help you get the money that you deserve. All right, let's get to it. Most impressive thing about, about uh, Jimmy Butler in this series so far, Alex. So uh, I had two answers depending on what Brady was going to say because I had a feeling he was going to say something similar. But um, just the bounce right now, when it comes to Jimmy's athleticism, I think he's kind of looking more like how he did early in the regular season where he's, he's just kind of moving very well. I think he looks really aggressive. He's not. I don't know. I, we haven't seen him labor like he like he did towards the end of the season a little bit, I think, as far as uh, movement. And, like, he's had a lot of dunks in this series, a lot of, like, lobs and stuff that we don't see a lot from him. We used to see from, like, Chicago Jimmy all the time playing off ball and stuff. And uh, I, I'm just impressed that throughout all of this, he's kind of uh, bounced back athletically a bit, right? Not that he's in his uh, prime, but he looks really bouncy out there and, and just, like, he, he's feeling good, right? And this is just from – an outsider standpoint, I, I don't know how he's feeling. He just looks good out there. Brady? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. But I'll go in a different direction and say he looks really good with his back to the basket. And I think that's important for a couple of reasons. Uh, but for one, as we talked about in this matchup over and over again, he's going to see a lot of guards on him. And the one thing he's better at than most guys is that when he notices that he has a height advantage, he's going to shoot over the top of you. He's going to get to his spot. He's going to turn around. And he feels more comfortable there than anywhere else on the floor. It's why we always brought up length. It wasn't that he could, he's just totally getting shut down by length. It's that when he can be able to find a switch on the floor, it just benefits him. And I think the small ball lineups are really important in this game. Like the fact that they can not eliminate Deadman, still play him his same minutes. But when Bam gets in foul trouble, say, okay, we're going to trust PJ at the five. And as we talked about earlier, he's going to get boards and he's going to do his thing. But that opens up everything for Jimmy Butler. Like the reason they went on that run and they with that specific lineup was because the middle of the lane was not clogged at all. Like it was wide open. He was just basically scoring down the rim, 
hitting his turnaround bank shot, getting to the around the basket, laying it in that just being able to control in the half court, like we know what he can do in general, but it's just more about for one, we saw him do it with a point guard where Kyle was kind of just feeding him in his gaps as a roller. Now we're seeing him do it on the ball, getting to his spots by himself without a point guard. Like that is just promising for me specifically heading into a Philly series where I think once again, he could be useful, not only schematically, but I think emotionally because just because of the stuff that'll go on there. So the Miami heat up three, one Tuesday against Atlanta. Um, so we'll have all the coverage. Brady, Alex and I will all be at the arena on Tuesday night. Also check out our sponsors, prizepicks.com. Use the code five F I V E there was preferred.com five RSN. Check out a quarter deck somewhere here nearby. And of course, Eric Rubenstein for all your personal injury, medical malpractice needs. Have a good night, everybody. You beat the watch party curse. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.